got my mind moving faster than a train There's not enough time to begin again Hey there everybody, welcome to the 440 Guitar Podcast. I am your host today, Jarrell. Thank you so much for tuning up. Uh, you can find the podcast on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anchor.fm forward slash 440. Um, hopefully you don't hear that airplane there too loud. <laughs> Living in Long Beach, California. Uh, be sure to follow the Instagram at the 440 Guitar Podcast. You can get updates on the episode coming out, episodes coming out. Uh, also, just some neat, you know, guitar nerdish fun things on there as well. And uh, if you would like to ask me a question, or potentially if you know of an artist that's really awesome and you'd like to try to connect uh, me to them uh, to kind of share their story in the 440 Guitar Podcast, feel free to either message me on Instagram or send me an email via the 440 Podcast at gmail.com. So you're more than welcome uh, to do that. If you'd like to do so, and today I'm very excited. Uh, to speak to a very uh, talented artist here. Um, <clears throat> I was connected through uh, the likes of a Jen. So shout out to Jen connecting me with this fantastic artist here. And uh, just to give you a little bit of uh, a little bit of a background here, you know, I tried to I try to do my best on just kind of having people on the show that I, you know, I've listened to some of the music and have an infinity for it and uh, really like to have them on the show. And definitely this is uh, one of those folks. So just to give a little bit of a slight brief uh, background here, uh, this artist is an exceptional uh, Los Angeles uh, based artist, uh, uh, genre fluid, multi-instrumentalist, and has a new album called King's uh, Kingsby Ring uh, due out on November 12th. Uh, and has played every, uh, practically every instrument on the record, mixed and produced as well. So needless to say, an incredibly talented person. The 440 Guitar Podcast is excited and honored uh, to have Abby Posner on the show. Abby, how are you doing? Hey, I'm great. And it is a weird album title. It's uh, kind of a tongue twister. It's Kisby. Kisby. Yeah. And it actually um, is a fancy word for lifesaver. That oh, wow. cool orange, you know, the thing that you throw out to see. Uh, it's a fancy little word for that. Oh, cool. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So how's it been for you this year? I know a lot of people have kind of had a a roller coaster ride <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for this to year. Say the least. <laughs> a little bit, little bit. Yeah, um yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's been okay. I I've I've continually lean into gratitude. Um mm. because I I have, you know, my I teach music and I do uh music full time. I'm able to pick up little freelance gigs here and there. Um, the pandemic started off for me where I was actually scoring music for a film and oh, wow. um, I was doing it all remote with my string players, orchestrating everything remotely. And it was just wild. It was like wow. a huge undertaking. So that's how that's how, you know, everything started. And then uh, I've I've been able to maintain teaching online, teaching my private lessons, um, playing gigs online and uh then things started to open up and it's it's feeling a little bit better you know like mm. we're we're able to tour a little bit now we're able to uh play some gigs and um get back into the world bit by bit but it has been just a roller coaster for yeah. sure 
Yeah. So that I mean that's that's good because it's it's interesting too when I, I've asked that same question to different artists and they they have a different uh, response. You know, a lot of people I've talked to some some people had had really struggled picking up and playing the guitar, you know, or playing mini music in, in general, you know, with what they're, they're, you know, what they usually do. So it seems like, uh, it seems like the last 17 months really hasn't, hasn't stopped your, you creatively and you as an artist kind of making music. Yeah, it's really interesting. There, there were obviously weeks and days where I was just, I didn't want to touch an instrument or let alone look at it, which is very mm. challenging because my whole home is painted an instrument. <laughs> so <laughs> it's hard to not look at a musical instrument. But then there were days where I just couldn't help myself. And it's like breathing for me. It's mm. less about like, okay, I need to sit down and be an, a songwriter and like get some stuff out there. It's more like I need to get some of the stuff going on in here out onto into the world and um that's just how i process a lot of my feelings as well it's always been that way so um yeah i was definitely i wrote most of kisby ring during the pandemic um and it is all kind of a based on urgency and um needing help in different ways like needing to be saved or um you know so there's a lot of songs about sadness and depression there's songs about communication breakdowns uh, there's there's songs about you know Black Lives Matter and the urgency of of that movement and how it's you know uh, it had an impact on people like me white folks that just like had a freaking wake up call uh, to do the work and uh, yeah there's there's just a lot there's a lot in there about urgency urgency mm. is the kind of the theme yeah I love that. I love that. Thank you. Um, so here on the 440 Guitar Podcast, really big on origin stories, how people got to where they are today. And I'm looking forward to hear your origin story. Tell me about your earliest memories uh, in music or of music, as far as what your earliest memory is when it comes to music. Yeah, so I, I tell people this a lot. Like my, my folks are not um, musicians per se. My mom would play the guitar a little bit around the house and like take lessons. And my, my dad would just play music all the time. So he would, he's a big like um, gospel guy and R&B guy and music that comes from the South and the blues. Uh, so I would listen to a lot of blues growing up and mm. i was really inspired actually by by that he's a music historian he knows oh, so wow. much so much about the history of music so that was inspiring to me as a little kid i would i would um kind of fiddle around on the piano and then they got me into piano lessons when i was about five or six mm. and then from there i took guitar lessons from the time that i was about eight until you know, uh, I went off to college on and off. Um, and then I taught myself instruments along the way. So I taught myself bass mm. and drums and um, yeah, banjo, mandolin. I just kind of kept wa- having that hunger, you know, like that urge to, mm. to learn more and more and more and just to pick up something else, you know, like random Turkish instruments or mm. didgeridoo. Like I just had a... I couldn't really stop myself and it's still hard for me. Like I want to continue to learn how to play everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's now, a little bit of my background. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that, that's definitely a, uh, that's a, I mean, that's a, that's a, a great background to have, you know, have a parent who's a historian in music and just has a wide variety of, uh, you know, types of music that they like to listen to. Yeah. Um, I was curious as far as like, uh, to, to kind of, to kind of dig a little deeper, like, was there any particular artist that like motivated you to actually pick up an instrument? Because you know, yeah. there, there's, 
you know, like it, it makes it, it makes perfect sense to be one an enthusiast, you know, but then another to actually say, hey, I want to try this. Yes. So I have these early memories of being like even before piano, really, where I was like picked up a tennis racket to pretend that I was playing guitar. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to be Jim Morrison and Roger Waters. Like, mm. I really loved Roger Waters from Pink Floyd. Mm. I think my babysitter got me into Pink Floyd. <laughs> and, and she was like, yo, you got to check this out. And so I would listen to Pink Floyd and be like, I'm going to be Roger Waters, <laughs> um, which is just a really random person for someone to like a little lady to look up to. <laughs> and Jim Morrison, too, like really yeah. not the best role model um, <laughs> but like a pretty sexy dude that I think I wanted to just be like uh, and so those I have I was really driven by those two and then I got really into punk rock when I was mm. like in high school I was listening to Alkaline Trio and like underground kind of punk and ska bands and I wanted to be I wanted to be a punk star honestly mm. when I was really little I would I learned a bunch of Green Day songs um, oh. Those were my first memories is like learning that whole album of Dookie. <laughs> uh, that was just like my favorite record. Yeah. And then um, I got into like folk music a little bit later. Honestly, it was probably when I was like a senior in high school that I got wow. more into acoustic folk and more organic stuff. But I did. I, I really looked up to these punk guys like yeah. I just wanted to be a punk guy. <laughs> <laughs> the. Can you tell me a little bit as far as the process of you actually like learning the instrument? Like, or actually, well, I guess we'll start on the guitar since you've, you've, you've yeah. know multiple, but like, did it come across pretty easy for you or like, was it, was it kind of like a challenge? Like how, how was that, that experience? Yeah. Like I, I, it came pretty easily, but there were certain things that were really challenging. Like always when you're learning the, and this is what I tell my students too, there's always a chord that's like your Achilles heel, you know, <laughs> like that just gets in the way. And I, I struggled with that F chord mm. when I was about nine. I remember learning the Counting Crows song, Mr. Jones, and it just, you know, A minor. And then it gets to that F chord and it was just like, like <laughs> every, everything just like fell apart. Like the strings broke, the, the glass shattered, all car alarms went off. Uh, it's just like that. Yeah, there's always a chord that was challenging. And I moved past that. And then I got really addicted to playing power chords because mm. that was like the punk dude thing, you know, yeah. play your power chords. So a lot of the songs that I was writing when I was really young, they were like power chord based. And mm. that was kind of a crutch for a while. I had to really break out of that, you know, mm, to yeah. get more into the jazz chords. And that's in, in college, I started to challenge myself a lot more. Yeah, that's funny yeah. you talk about like the roadblock chords, because I remember that too, just when I was learning, you know, when I when I started learning the instrument and and, and yeah, F is definitely that that F, especially on an acoustic instrument too, uh -huh. where you're, you're first learning how to, had a you know bar and then yeah. you're learning how to play that because i remember um you know tracy chapman's uh give me a reason that was like one of my favorite songs growing up but i'm like i would love to play this but it's so painful <laughs> it is painful i actually just taught that to one of my students like a few months ago and i think it's an f sharp so that's yeah, all yeah. it's like all bar chords you know yeah, I'm like, good um, lord <laughs> good lord he is right and then you know the bar chord thing is a thing that i have to like really coax my students like it's gonna be okay you're gonna make it through this and a lot of them just end up you know really like, quitting after it. the bar chords oh man yeah those bar chords man it's like wait wait 
we, like, yeah, you dude. Can play another, just play it a different way, you know. But they yeah, sometimes sometimes those make or break you. They yeah. will make or break. Yeah, totally. Definitely. And then as far as power chords too, it's it's funny because I, you know, one of the people I started when I was learning and the super inspired me was Jack White, you know, and he's like, ah, yeah. he's like one of my favorite, like one of my favorite musicians and just like, he kind of helped motivate me to play too, especially with like how he barred chords. Like he used like his pinky finger, like yeah. barring the other part and things like that. So that just kind of like resonated with me as well before learning those, you know, those more complex chords, but man, yeah. Where would we be without bar without power cords? You know, <laughs> my dog just answered that question. He went nowhere. What is, Murphy, what are you barking at? You know. <laughs> it's like a whole decade of music would be gone. You know, the oh, Ramones would be there. And <laughs> sex, say goodbye to the Sex Pistols, the Ramones. Say yeah. goodbye to like every punk band ever. There would, yeah, I know. Where would we be? I mean, they they're pretty amazing chords when you when it comes down to it, especially some of the open the open tunings that come from it. If you're not, if you're not just focusing on those three strings right. and you're doing like a full, you know, like on the B area and you do a full chord, it's just, there's some magic that actually happens with those bar chords. Definitely. Or power chords. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then just, I guess it's talking from like a songwriter's perspective. Like, um, did you have any songwriters that kind of motivated you to write your own, you know, your own songs as well? Yes, for sure. Um, so I was really started to get more and more into like, well, Bob Dylan was always a part of my childhood mm. and Joni Mitchell because my parents loved Bob Dylan and Joni Mitchell. But then when I got into my like maybe 12 or 13 uh, is when I started listening to Ani DeFranco mm. and um, started to realize, oh my gosh, there's like, she's badass. She's a badass player. She's a badass writer. She's like got a ball of energy. Um, and I was, I was like really almost embarrassingly into like emo. Like I really love dashboard confessional when I was young. I know like all your listeners are going to just turn this off right now. They're going to be like, we don't even want to listen to what she has to say anymore. But like, honestly, there was some really beautiful songwriting that that guy did. And mm -hmm. I, I really got into, you know, I went from like punk to emo to folk. Uh, and and once I got into the folk world, I was really inspired by, you know, yeah, Ani and the Indigo Girls, um, some of the some of these trailblazer women. Um, and now my my favorite artist, you know, is is Andrew Bird and Bonnie Vare. And I've been listening to them mm -hmm. forever. And I, I just I'm like obsessed with what they're doing. I think yeah. that it's really uh, it's really fresh and. Mm -hmm. It's like taking folk and just flipping it on its head, and that's what I hope to do. Elliot Smith, yeah, um, Nick Drake, you know these these are some of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially especially for for for, for Bon Iver, um, you know, because I've I'm a fan of them as well, and how like they've really transitioned just various. I mean, they've really. Like, they just kind of threw it in a blender and threw a bunch of other genres in there, you know. For I, sure, for sure. <laughs> you know, and but, I love it. Like I love yeah. what he's doing with his like vocal manipul. Like he built an instrument for his vocal manipulation, mm -hmm. and like just the the sound. It's really like he's a sculptor. Mm. Like I I really think of music production as painting and sculpting. And I feel like Justin Vernon from Bonnie Vare is sculpting something. Mm wildly different than 
anyone else. And that's what I love. Definitely. Definitely. There's a, there's a song on, I think it's the self title one. It might be their second album uh, called wash Mm. that, that, that's, that's, or that song, that song was just like, whoa. Like I just like imagine like a whole film scene, you know, like just really, just really painted, just really painted a picture for me. I was just like, God, like that's so like, that's so amazing. It's very orchestrated, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's what really it's so inspiring me when someone is really not only just thinking about the song and the the lyrics, mm-hmm. but like and he's so poetic, but like also just taking the song structure and kind of being like fuck it and like doing yeah. something like a orchestration out of the box type of thing, something you don't expect. Yeah, definitely. You know. Um I was curious to ask you since, you know, I mean, you have, you know, you, you talked about as far as learning, you know, learning a bunch of instruments, you know, getting into songwriting from a performance standpoint. Do you remember like your first uh, first performance, like singing and playing and things like that? Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So I well, I, I was a big musical theater kid. Mm. So I was on the stage from when I was maybe six. I was doing like, oh. you know. I was I was in like the Beatles submarine, you know, yellow submarine. I was a blue meanie. Oh wow. <laughs> when I was six. And like, you know, I got really into musical theater and then mm. I started performing my own songs when I was about twelve in Denver. And there was a mm. big kind of uh I would say, you know, open mic scene, a coffee shop scene happening at that time that I okay. was that I kinda got into. Um, the, yeah, my earliest memory is like playing my first real show at a place called Angie's in Denver, which is no longer there. And, um, that all my friends came from, from school and it was like, it was a really big deal. I even invited some friends on stage to sing with me. Yeah. That was a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, oh, wow. That's interesting. So as far as just kind of the, the, the nature of like performing in front of people from a very early age that just it's kind of came natural to you it wasn't really a not really a struggle no like i've i love being on stage like Mm -hmm. i've always been that kind of kid that feels alive on Mm -hmm. stage and so that's also why the pandemic was so challenging for me i was talking to my partner about it how it just felt like half of me was not existing Mm -hmm. because i love to perform it makes me feel so much joy it makes me feel like a full person Mm. um so yeah that's that's why i mean i've always i've always kind of grew up being on stage and i i've just loved it so much yeah definitely Mm -hmm. definitely um so tell me about uh so you have an album coming out very soon seems like the year is almost over yeah what is time (laughs) what is like tomorrow (laughs) i know don't even say that because it's freaking me out like there's just so much going on right now yeah Yeah. i'm just like wait wait it's october (laughs) dude you're telling me i i it's like october 2032 already like (laughs) i don't even know what's happening yeah uh but tell me about your your album uh, that's coming out here in November, the Kisby uh, Kisby Ring, right? Yeah, I pronounce it? okay. Yeah, you got um, it. Perfect, perfect. So tell me about just kind of about that as far as just you know the writing process around it. Was it? Did you have a conceptual nature to like a, a little bit more like a con- approaching for like a, con- a concept album? Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess give me a little bit of back uh, backstory on it. 
Yes. Yeah, so some of the songs that I was writing for uh, the the record came before the album itself, like the concept, right? Like there were a couple tunes that came before the concept. And then I realized as I was constructing the concept that those other older songs would fit in with it, that it had not been released yet. So like the one of the songs is about what it could be like to ha- to be a parent and like having this whole idea from the start to the finish of what it would be like um and because i've always had like a conflict about about being a parent and mm. and also having a music career mm. so that song made it on because i do feel like there's this urgency about uh that again the theme is is urgency and needing save needing to be saved or needing answers right mm. So this song really is kind of a, an answer in itself of like, well, you would you would probably have a lot of lot of struggles being a parent and then you would grow to love it and then you would love it so much that it would break your heart. And so this the song's called Fall Apart. Wow. But yeah, so it um it kind of all shaped up to be a a big like the umbrella of the record. It worked for all the songs. I was like, okay, I imagine I already had the album cover imagined with with me holding the Kisby ring. Mm. So I like ordered this lifesaver from Amazon and like mm. um, <laughs> it's, it's somewhere in my bathroom right now. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it really once I had the concept in mind, everything just flowed and all the songs just kind of came out, you know. Wow. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really cool. Wishing there's a song called "Wishing Well" that's about the the urgency of a career and needing to have more success and how that can be really toxic. That feeling, mm. uh, comparing yourself to people on social media, um, and how it, you know it's just about well, why can't we just be in the creative process rather than needing, needing, needing? Oh, I need more. Oh, I need more recognition. So. There's there's a song about that. There's a song about, like I said, depression and anxiety. Um, there's a song called Emergency Use Only, which is which is about com- projecting people mm. projecting their their shit onto you, mm. and you kind of being a punching bag in a way. Mm. Um, so yeah, the, it it all kind of started to write itself, and the and that it was really um, a, a cathartic healing record for me. You know, it's not just about the pandemic; it's just about kind of uh, healing some parts of myself. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. you're talking about a lot of relatable things. You know, yeah. Like, which I I definitely connect with. Just even you talking about it, especially when it comes to just you know the the song you talked about as far as the decision between like being parent or being an artist you know and yeah you know and i feel like i feel like for this i feel for this generation or even the generation before rather there's more of a there's a very self-conscious you know we're feel like we're more self-conscious as far as like uh, i don't know if i want to do that <laughs> like being a parent seems like a lot like i don't know if i want to do that and have my career versus you know like generations before us where it's like that's just what you do like you just you right have kids you and just that's it. do it that's like mm-hmm. what the people were told back is like you just do it you work two jobs you have a baby you never sleep and there's no self-care mm-hmm. uh well, so long story to to not go too far down this rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. I am with a a woman that I've been with for three and a half years, and uh, when I met her, she, the first thing out of her mouth was like, "I'm going to be a mom, and it's going to happen really soon." Mm-hmm. Um, she was in the fertility process when we met, 
And I said, well, I'm not really sure. I'm on the fence about it. I had my whole my whole spiel. And, uh, you know, we, we went, we dated for two plus years before she ended up getting pregnant and we're still together. Oh, and good. my my role in all of this is is kind of like a step parent because we're we're not technically I'm not a legal guardian technically and we're not married, but we're still doing this thing that's very unconventional where yeah. I'm here. I, I we don't live together I'm, I have my own studio and I step in on the weekends and I get to experience like I was there for the birth. I I was uh, up. I've been up at nights changing diapers like I'm getting a taste <laughs> of what it's like to be a parent. Obviously. Yeah. And by no means am I in there full time like she is. She's doing she's an amazing mom. It's been a just like it's honestly filled my heart up with so much joy to see her as an incredible mother. And it's inspiring, you know, so we're I think what I'm trying to say is that there's something happening with um, unconventionality and and doing things your own way. And yeah there's no right way to be in a relationship these days. And yeah. I think the pandemic, if anything, it taught us like, what do you want? Like, what do you want your life to look like? How yeah. do you want your marriage to look like? How do you want your relationship to look like? It doesn't have to be this, okay, honey, bye-bye, go to work and I'll be with the kids all day, right. barefoot in the kitchen making chicken pot pie. <laughs> right. You know, like it doesn't have to look like that. And mm. I think that if we can lean into these unconventional things that were like, whatever that might look like for you, non-monogamy, uh, monogamy, uh, living separately, it, just leaning into it and being more curious about like, hey, maybe that actually could work. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I mean, I'm married, I'm like legally married to my wife, but I totally get it if people don't want to do that. You know, it's like, hey, yeah. I don't want the government involved in my love. And a, and <laughs> you know? like, dude, I for totally, real, a lot I get of people it, feel you know? that way. I mean, yeah. I, I am personally, I want to be married. Mm. Uh, it does. It has nothing to do with like government, legal, yeah. this or that, yeah. but it's, it's about... Um, it's about teamwork and equality. And as I'm a yeah. queer person, so as someone that had to fight for marriage equality, it looks really different for me, marriage. Yeah, it's like really important. So, yeah. you know, it's all these things that you have to figure out with your partner, without your partner, as a solo person, how do I want my beautiful, unconventional life to look, Yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to talk to you too about, you know, you said that there's a song about you know, about black lives matter. And I thought, I thought it would, I feel like that's something I, I, I really want to touch on just because Please. being, uh, you know, with the, the music that you make and the message, you know, being, you know, being an advocate for that, you know, uh, what was that experience like writing it? Did you kind of get like, you know, certain people that were kind of like, why are you, why you have a song about black lives matter? Like kind of tell me about, about that. I just, I find that. Oh, I, I love it. I find I love that it. interesting, you know? Absolutely. So the song is actually less about Black Lives Matter and it's more about taking a look at myself as a white person and yeah. how um, I have, and all, all of us have blind spots and we have been fed and uh, you know, we have been fed stories about people of color our entire lives and systemic racism is mm. in our veins yeah. as white people. And so it was more a dissecting this truth of shame, like, oh my God, I am, I have so much shame about my, and, and, but also accepting that and going, now it's time to dig deeper and do the work, owning it. 
yeah. owning that I haven't been um, as present in the movement as I should have been, owning that I have privilege to check out, uh, owning that, um, you know, I'm I'm able to just turn off the news and not want to watch it because it makes me uncomfortable. But like, right. I don't know what it's like to be someone a person of color, a black person that walks in the street every single day that yeah. has to, that you can't check out. Yeah. And so it's more, uh, it's called blind spots. It's more owning these these things that white people struggle with and they don't talk, we don't talk about it. Yeah. Um, I started a group, uh, it's been going on now for about uh, almost two years where I sit down with white women specifically and we educate ourselves and we're we're learning and we're talking about really hard things mm. um because I, it's our jobs to educate ourselves yeah you know it's yeah. fucking our job and it's and quite frankly i think it's our job to pull the weight now like we need to yeah. we need to step in there um and and you know i've been really reflecting on these things and i the first thing is doing the work mm. it's not just like going out with a a freaking sign that says Black Lives Matter and standing in the street. Mm. It's about unpacking this shit that has yeah. been fed to us since we were kids. Yeah. You know, I grew up in a really small mountain town. There were no black people mm. at all. I grew up in an all white small mountain town, very progressive family, but we didn't talk about this stuff, right? So I, I had a very late, a very late awakening as an adult where I went, shit, this is, uh, it hit me. It hit yeah. me in a way that makes me emotional to talk about. Yeah. Um, but it's about, do, we have got to do the work. We've got to own our privilege. We have got to do yeah. more as white people. Well, I, I definitely commend you on that because yeah, it's funny. I, I have a, uh, there's another podcast I do with a couple of friends uh, that, well, one of them's in, one of them's in the Bronx uh, and then another one uh, used to be in Harlem, but now he's in, uh, he's in California for, for the time being. But uh, we had, we had a conversation similar as far as this guy talking about, talking about, you know, uh, our race, our, our experiences with racism. And uh, it was based on a, it's called the music buds, whoever's interested, but uh, we, we were reviewing a, uh, a spoken word project called level with Brandon Leak, who won America's got talent in 20, uh, I think it was 2020. Um, and uh, uh, black chakra, uh, they did a, uh, they did a nine track spoken word poetry about, uh, racism and, and, you know, from, from like inheritance, rage, love, empathy, rich man, poor man, very powerful. So if, wow. if you get the chance, check that out. Damn. I think it's, I think something you would definitely, uh, connect with. Oh, I'd and, love to hear that. Yeah. It might even help with conversation pieces too. Cause yes, you know, yes. the, these are two, Af uh, intelligent African-American males doing amazing poetry. It's really great stuff. Mm, I love um, it. But, uh, yeah, I just, I, I definitely commend you in that. And then also just putting in music too. You know, because I think I always find this interesting, this interesting web of being an artist and you have your fans, which you appreciate, but then sometimes you have these hard conversations that you're passionate about and you want to get out into your music. Not all of your fans may not be with you on that, you know, and then not all of your, your not all the people you work with may be on that, but you believe in, you believe in this and you yes. want to, you want to have this connected, you know? So I, I find that to be very, a very interesting part in being a musician. I feel like a lot of people in 
2020 experienced that, you know, even talking to, yes. uh, to, um, uh, artists of color kind of going through just like all this crazy stuff and then just seeing these perspectives and like, Oh my gosh, like, that's really what you think, you know? So I just think it's a yes. very, it's a very daring thing. You know, it's one thing to, it's one thing to have like, yeah, like I accept my privilege, but it's another to really educate, you know, educate and to actually like be an advocate for it in the way you are. So I appreciate that personally. So thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, that, that means a lot. I mean, it's interesting you say that because yes, uh, there was a show that I recently, and I'm, I actually lately have been playing that song on purpose in places where I know people are going to be uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and I, I think part of the reason I wrote the song is because I was kind of starting to get sick of my own voice. There's actually a line in there. Like I strum for my ego and sing about my pains, but mm. I'm privileged in so many ways. Mm. Um, that I just started getting sick of like me, 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 me. And I feel like, yes, we as artists, our job, part of our job is not only to sing about stuff that's happening in here that can be relatable to other people, but to be a voice, mm -hmm. right? To be a voice of uh, an activist, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I played that song recently at a, a wine gig in Thousand Oaks, and there were a lot of people that were uncomfortable. I actually had three people leave. Oh. And I and when I said when I introduced the song, I was like, I don't know what came over me, but I said something like, look, I actually really hope this song makes you uncomfortable and I hope mm. it makes you think about something mm. because that's what's part of it is the ignorance that mm. I feel like a lot of, you know, colorblindness and that bullshit mm. is like, we need to wake up from that. That's, yeah. that's very, that's toxic. Yeah. It's, it's like, come get, come get some truth. <laughs> Have a seat. Come get some truth. Yeah. yeah. And some people yeah. can't handle it and some yeah. people don't want to. Some mm -hmm. people just don't want to handle it. Yeah. And so I did have some some people leave and mm -hmm. I felt proud, honestly. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're 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 posing. You're kind of challenging their intellect and how the way they think. And, you know, yeah. and I think that's I think that's that's a very positive thing. I, um, I agree. You got to you got to challenge people. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about your experience as far as like recording, mixing your album, just producing your album. I mean, that is that is a that that can be a, a large feat i've done it before a couple of my projects but for something as intricate you know super intricate i mean that could be like oh my god does this sound good <laughs> oh, <laughs> or just dude. like this is the entire full circle artist experience you know which i think is amazing that we can do in today's time frame where as far as like yeah. i don't need a label i can just make the music and produce it right, right. how was that experience for you for this for this project well it was actually good i i felt like I was tapping into something sonically that I that I have not been able to tap into before mm. and I don't know exactly what that was I think I was just in the in the mixing sonic zone and I I did ask for feedback you know I had um some close friends that are that I respect that are producers and mixing engineers and mm. songwriters listen and uh, my partner, who is not a musician, but a, a writer, and she's added her, her feedback in there. And, mm. you know, I took little bits and pieces of feedback. And, yeah, yeah it, was, it was actually really fun. I love it. Like, I love uh, mixing and producing. It's like my playground. It's my happy mm. place. I just love it. So it wasn't, like, too much of a headache until I started to get too in my head about it. 
you know, like, oh, oh, I couldn't stop listening in certain different speakers. What does this sound like on the iPhone? What is this? You know how that that whole game goes. I got to listen on my shitty Prius stereo and then compare it to my (laughs) iPhone mono stereo. And like, oh, no, the horn is popping out here. You know, (laughs) you just get like real heady. And and then you just have to you have to surrender at some point. And this is I have this conversation with my filmmaker friend all the time about like getting something into the world at some Mm -hmm. point you just have to let go of your baby yes you know just it's like a leaving cleave as an artist right (laughs) yeah dude for sure for sure you just have to you have to let that baby free yeah i completely agree yeah because to me it's almost like it's like working on a test and then when the teacher says pencils down it's like i don't really do you fine you know so it's yeah you know Yeah. yeah Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This is like, maybe I should re record it. No, I don't want to re record it because I feel like <laughs> the more I take her with it, the more it's just going to crumble, you know? And it's. Oh, you know, God. And sometimes it, <laughs> the, the raw, like, messy shit in a recording is the special sauce. So, mm-hmm. like, if you get, in my opinion, as, as far as what I'm doing in the folk world, if something's too overproduced and clean, I'm just out. Like, I can't, it takes me out of the experience. Mm-hmm. So, I like, little, I feel like a little blues music. Yes. Oh, my yeah. God. A hundred, a hundred percent. You listen to like old Skip James albums and like mm-hmm. Son House, and you're, and you're just like, oh, God, you can hear that squeak in the guitar and it like sucks you in, right? Yeah. Um, so I feel like there's there's something to be said about doing home recordings like, oh, shit, I left the fan on on this one song. Wait, <laughs> the frequency's working. It's mm. adding some space or like right. uh, my dog is. There was one time where where Murphy, my, my basset hound, was like lapping up water in beat. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, four, <laughs> like four, four, dude, like four, four time, like <laughs> You know, and I was like, should I keep that in and use that in some way? <laughs> so listen for a basset hound drinking water. He just created this analogy around it. It's because he's taking the water of, <laughs> of life. Yeah. yeah. It's like some Wizard of Oz shit. You know how there's like, you know, you you have to look for weird things. Like, oh, did you hear there's a munchkin that hung itself in the Wizard of Oz? Now it's like, did you yeah. hear there's a basset hound drinking water in Kisby Ring at 990 in Wishing Well? oh man that's great that's great um i guess one of the thing one of the some of the one of the last uh questions i had for you was um for someone listening to it what would you say as far as like some takeaways that you want the listener to 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 get from your project because it sounds like you have a lot yeah, you have a lot put into the the project, a lot of really important conversations. What, what would you like the listener to take away, if if anything? Wow, that's a really good question. Um, there's a lot. There's a few different places my mind went. One was, I hope that people are inspired, uh, creatively inspired, to do their own producing and to do their kind of to get in there with figuring out like layers and sonic. Um, like the sonic blankets of a song, you know, mm. just like how to how to like stack up those those beautiful yeah. sonic layers, right? So I hope that it creates some sort of inspiration and curiosity. Mm. Um, and then I also hope that people, you know, are are able to be relating to the lyrics. I hope that mm. it's. I hope that one of my. I, I always love it when I get an email from a, f- a fan that's like 
this song brought me light today or mm. it got me out of a dark place and I felt like I was able to just get through my day because I listened to this song. Wow. I mean, that's like any any artist like I just I can die happy if I get emails like that. So I, I hope that it's inspiring, uplifting, um, relatable, knowing that you're not alone, like we, we, we all struggle. Um, I like to write lyrics that are not super on the nose because I want people to be able to find their own story in my lyrics. And so that's something that I really hope happens. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Abby Posner, it's been a great uh, time speaking with you here. And congratulations on this project. Your, your baby you. is about to be presented to the world here pretty yeah. soon. So She's really, free. She's free. <laughs> <laughs> really exciting stuff there. So uh, thank you so much for being on the on the show. Definitely appreciate it. Thank you so. This has been a, a pleasure. It really has. I, I appreciate you so much, and it really uh, authentic and cool questions. Thank you for having me on. Oh, of course, of course. Well, there you have it, folks. This is Jarrell Powell here on the Four Forty Guitar Podcast. We'll jam again soon, and have a good day. Something in my head's got me gone